0: Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. You know, it seems that every year I get to preach on the uh, either the last day of uh, last Sunday of the year or the first Sunday of the year. Uh, so. Uh, you know it 's just kind of become an annual tradition for me almost to um, to get to share you know uh, the charge moving into the new year uh, and uh just think back to where we were one year ago. Well, we definitely were meeting in person on a Sunday one year ago ago we were having two services. Charlotte and I were getting ready to. Uh, board a really packed plane to go to Arizona to, f- to spend uh, a week with all of my family. We, you know, visited the, um, you know we visited the Grand Canyon and there were tons of people there. Nobody was social distancing, no masks. Uh, I, you couldn't see a mask at all. Uh, you know, just think of the difference that one year has made in everything that we do. It has uh, this last year has affected every single aspect of our life. Some for the worse, but some for the better. You know, I was I was thinking. You know, some of the things for the for the worse that that we haven't been able to do is I went and got a haircut yesterday, and they refused to cut my beard because I couldn't take the mask off while I was there. You know, that's definitely for the worse in, in my opinion. Uh, but. Also, you know, people can't have funerals right now. People can't have weddings right now because of regulations. You know, people can't gather with their families uh, for the holidays right now because of everything that's going on. That's definitely for the worse. But there are some things that have changed for the better. Uh, I, I was just thinking this uh, as Charlotte and I were um, out having dinner last night. Is that there is so much of a more of a focus on cleanliness in restaurants, and as someone who worked in a restaurant, uh, that is definitely something that that is an improvement. Um, also, you know, we're able to meet online. I mean, this time last year, we were practically using an iPhone to uh, broadcast a service over Facebook Live, uh, you know, and most churches didn't even have any way for you to view it unless you were there in person. You know, that's de- definitely something that's changed for the, for the better. Uh, you know, it's just really and truly, the last year, whether it's for the worse or for the better for you, is what you've made of it. What have you made of this last year? Now, I'm not going to try to say, hey, everything that's come out of this last year has been awesome, because it's not. But what have you done with the last year? How have you made it something that's for the better or something that's for the worse? So I want to talk about a story uh, in the Bible that talks about a year, and it's found in Luke Chapter Thirteen. It's a parable, and you've heard me say this before. Why did Jesus teach him parables so that preachers had something to talk about? So uh, Jesus spoke about this parable in Luke uh, Chapter Thirteen. It said a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, "Look, for three years." I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. Man, I tell you what, I really, really empathize with this fig tree in the story (laughs) Uh, someone who has just been standing there taking up ground for years and years without producing any kind of fruit from it Uh, that's who I that's who I recognize in the story as myself Uh, not the master not the one not the one fertilizing but that you know old useless tree how many of us have been a useless tree this past year And not bore the fruit that we were meant to bear. See, I'm not here today to be super duper spiritual. I'm actually here today to be really practical. I'm not here to um, have a seminar on how to set goals. I'm not here to help you set goals. I'm here to encourage you to see a life of fruitfulness. I'm here to encourage you to see you producing the fruit that you're meant to produce because you were meant to produce fruit. You were meant to produce fruit. Uh, and what kind of fruit? Uh, in in uh, church, whenever we say fruit, we automatically think, oh, it's the fruit of the Spirit, righteousness, peace, uh, self-control, gentleness, all those kind of things. Yes, you are meant to produce that kind of fruit, but that is not the only fruit that you're meant to pr- produce. The question that I have for you right now is what has God placed in your heart, right? And while a lot of people might call these goals, really it's fruit. What goals do you have for the year? Well, what fruit are you wanting to produce through the year? Is it mental? Do you want to read X amount of books in a year? Is it physical? You want to lose 20 pounds this year? Do uh, you want a health goals? Do you want to drink a gallon of water a day, cut sugar out? Financial goals, get out of debt, save money. Uh, spiritual goals, read the Bible in a year, spend 15 minutes in prayer. Do you have family, professional, leadership, goals with your hobbies? All that kind of stuff is fruit that you're meant to produce. Last year, at the end of last year, Charlotte and I had a goal. We wanted to be out of debt. We had about $13,000 worth of credit card and car note, and we said, hey, that is our goal. We want to we get out of debt. Uh, we, that's the kind of fruit that we wanted to produce in our life. And so we set ourselves to do that. That was, our, that was our goal, and I'm glad to say that, you know, we were able to achieve that goal. It wasn't easy, definitely wasn't easy, but it is something that we determined to produce that fruit in our life. We were not so successful in all of the fruit that we sought to produce in our life in the last year, but we did produce some fruit, so I'm here to encourage you guys How are we going to produce the kind of fruit that God has set inside of our hearts? You know, the Bible speaks about God giving us the desires of our heart. Yeah, that's because God puts those desires inside of us. So if you're having a desire to lose 20 pounds this year, I would encourage you. That's a desire that the Lord has placed inside of you, that he wants to develop you and grow you in that. If you have a desire to pay off debt, then that's something that the Lord has placed inside of you to help you to have freedom. Uh, if, if you have a goal that you want to, you know, um, read the Bible in a year or spend 15 minutes of prayer in a year, that's, a, that's, a, that's something that God has placed inside your heart. To see you grow from that. So when are you start? When are you supposed to start producing this fruit? Hey, that's great. I really want to lose twenty pounds. And we talk about weight loss, and I'm joking, joking about weight loss, but it, it really is interchangeable. When are you supposed to be producing this fruit? Well, the answer is now, right now, immediately. You have to start making the steps now, so that you will be able to bear the fruit that you're trying to produce. It says in Psalms 1-3, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The key key point in there is that it's producing fruit in its season. But in order to produce in its season, you have to start with a bud out of season. You do not start with mature fruit. So what is the first steps that you can take towards the mature fruit? What are you doing right now that's sprouting a bud up off of the branch so that when it is in the season for the fruit, you're going to see mature fruit? See, summer beach bodies don't happen in July. They, they happen in December and January. And for Charlotte and I, the debt-free goal that we had started on in, in the beginning of January last year when we pulled our credit cards out of our wallet and we cut them up. And we said, hey, that is the first step that we're going to take to be debt-free is to stop producing debt. So we, it's too much of a temptation. We had to take them out. We had to cut them up. You know, we had like a ceremony, a funeral for them, and we threw them in the trash. But it doesn't stop there. So many people have great first steps. (laughs) You have that awesome first workout in January. Or you spend that first workout eating really healthy. Or on your 365-day Bible plan, you start out really strong in that first week. But it doesn't stop there. You have to be thinking, what's my next step? And what's the next step after that? And what's the next step after that? Because when it becomes time for the fruit to be there... I want there to be mature fruit. See, if you want to be fruitful, you have to be faithful. Faithfulness equals fruitfulness. Uh, There's there's a lesson that I've learned in my life uh, that my faithfulness is going to open up more doors than my gifts or talents or charisma or, or any of that is ever going to do. You know, When I think of why I have the job that I have at my job, it's not because of anything that I did especially well. It's just because I was very reliable. I showed up to work every day. You know, I I made sure to do everything that I was supposed to do. When I think about the job that I have here at church, you know, I'd like to think that Pastor Josh, you know, saw something in me. But really and truly, it's because I showed up to church every single Sunday and I was faithful. And that's what opened the door for me right there. And it didn't start off by me up here preaching. It started off by me making sure that everything was ready to to set up and then making sure everything was put up, cleaning up. That's how it started off. I've said this before, and, and I'll say it again. You know, we don't despise small starts, but we're also not impressed with rapid results. So when you're starting off, don't worry about the small steps. Celebrate the small victories. But also don't expect mature fruit when it hasn't had a chance to grow. Before I came out to Texas, I worked at a ministry called Teen Challenge, and it was a, uh, um, a recovery ministry for men and women with drug and alcohol problems. They'd come, and they'd stay a year there. Coming off of the streets or out of jail, you know, sometimes showing up to our doors high and then they'd come in, and we'd give them Jesus, give them love, teach them, you know, what it meant to be a son and daughter of God, teach them what it meant to be a man, you know, and then after that year, you know, hopefully they were established in their faith to be able to walk out and walk that with their families back at home, and people would come in off of the streets, and then after two weeks, they'd get saved, and they'd be on fire for God, and And the other students will look at me, look at him, he's so on fire for God. And I'm like, let's see how he looks after 300 days. Because truly, yeah, I mean, that's awesome that you're on fire for God after you've been here two weeks. But are you going to have that same fervor when you've been here for 365 days, when you've been through disappointments, when you've seen things that don't go your way? Are you still going to have the same zeal for Jesus? Don't despise small starts, but also don't be impressed with rapid results. So, you're supposed to be producing fruit, and the next point is that that fruit is not meant for you. See, a fig tree has no use for figs. I mean, other than maybe to reproduce itself, but in itself, it has no use for figs. So why do you want to achieve the goals that you have for yourself? It matters the reasons behind what you want to accomplish. Look at this. Philippians 2, 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. If you're seeking to achieve goals, to bear fruit, out of something that's a selfish ambition, you're ultimately going to be disappointed with the result. Why do you want to lose weight? Is it so that you can impress all the ladies at the gym? Or is it so that you can be the best version of yourself for your future family? Why do you want to pay out a debt? So that you have all this expendable money that you can burn? Or is it so that you can be obedient to the call of God when he, when he asks you to move? Why do you want to read through your Bible as a year? Is it so that you're, you don't feel like such a slacker? I mean, that, that's, my, that, that's how, why I've done it before. Or is it because you want to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? It's not for you. The fruit is not for you. As I was preparing this message, I realized that as I'm going into the new year, my biggest prayer for me and for our church, it's not that we would get a building. It's not that we would grow in numbers, but it's that we would be less selfish. Yeah, I want to be less selfish. I talk about it all the time. I'm so selfish in my conversation. I'm so focused on what I'm doing and want to say what I'm doing. Let's be less selfish in our conversation. It's not about you. It's not about you. The fruit is not for you. The fruit is not for you. It's for others. The next thing that we learn about about this producing fruit is that in order to produce fruit, you have to be open to caretaking. You got to be open to the Lord working in you. See, some translations say, let the tree alone. Let me dung it. Let me put some fertilizer around it some excrement around it. Sounds like a great way to describe 2020, huh? (laughs) The pruning is done because God loves you and He wants you to see you producing what you're meant to produce. If you could do it without pruning, you'd already be doing it. Mm. Man, sometimes... It looks like enduring some crap. Can I say that word? Yes. <laughs> so, so, uh, this year, uh, I got sent to work from home and, you know, I was stuck at home, uh, all day with, with the dogs. My wife, you know, was still going to work, but, uh, I was, I was beginning to go crazy and, uh, really some, uh, some like frustration and some just like, uh, I, you know, I'm hesitant to say depression because I know that that's so serious. But I was just really, really unhappy being at home all the time. And, you know, I said, God, I want to break out of this. I want to break out of this. I don't want to be so unhappy. And so the I, I, I don't know that the Lord told me to, but I decided to start running. I decided to start to go on my lunch breaks at work and go running, and I started this in May, uh, June maybe, and it was warm outside, but then it became began to be um, July and August, and it was hot outside, but hey, I had the goal not only to break free of my of my funk, but I also had the goal that I wanted to get into the rhythm of being someone who exercises regularly. And so uh, I had to go through some difficult, difficult runs out there in order to see that happening. And, you know, I could go out there and I could run like a quarter of a mile easy. It wasn't hard. It didn't require a lot of effort. But At some point in time, it switched over to taking effort to do it. And if I just quit when it was easy, I would never would have seen the fruit that's produced from it now. You see, in Hebrews 12, it says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. Don't always seek out comfort. Seek out things that are difficult. Look for opportunities to be challenged because that is going to produce the fruit that you want to see in your life. Things that are tough are usually worth it. Anybody who says that marriage is easy has been married for four days. (laughs) but let me tell you something it is so worth it it's so worth it it's tough but it's worth it and if you put in the work you're going to see the fruit from that work parenting I'm assuming I have two dogs and it's tough to parent two dogs but I'm assuming parenting is truly difficult I know I was a challenging kid but man I can imagine how worth it it is. Pastoring is very difficult, especially when you're trying to figure out how to lead people that aren't even in the room. But man, it has been worth it to be a pastor. So when astronauts go into space, they're up there and they have, they're not facing gravity any longer. Right? So you think that it would just be an opportunity for them to chill and everything like that, they have to work out constantly up there because they don't have the resistance of just walking around that you and I do. And what happens is when they return to earth, you've all seen pictures, they can't walk because they haven't had the resistance in their life. Seek that resistance so that you can continue to be able to walk. Now, here's, I want you to hear my heart on something right here. There's a difference between barrenness and a lack of proper tending. Sometimes things in your life you will work really hard at, and it just won't be producing the fruit. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we lack to properly put in the work to see something happen. And... If there's something in your life that's you're putting the work in and it's barren right now, keep putting it in. Keep doing it. Keep pushing through. My grandfather planted a pear tree for my grandmother that sat there for nine years and didn't produce a single pear. But, uh, you know, when my grandmother passed away, it produced thousands. And by the time my grandmother grew old, it produced so many pears. You don't need that many pears. Why are the – I don't even like pears. I don't even know why they did it. But if they had given up on that tree at year eight, never would have had the pears. And the next thing is don't refuse to grow. Don't refuse to get better. James 4.17 says, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So how many times have we typed something on Facebook and said, I really shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, right? Mm. Don't refuse to grow. I know that uh, I know that in, in conversations that I'm having with my wife, I'm sitting there thinking, I shouldn't say this, but I'm about to say it. <laughs> it didn't do anything good for me, trust me. <laughs> to him who knows the good to do and does not do it, it is sin. Dang, that's, that's tough right there. Be open to growth. Be open to the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Be open to discomfort. And I hope to cause you discomfort right in this moment right now as an instrument of God. I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to be honest with yourself. Did you allow the circumstances of 2020? cause you to become lazy in your pursuit of Jesus and the goals that you've set for yourself. And the reason that I'm asking you a difficult question right now is because of the last point. Those that don't bear fruit are meant to be cut down. The master of the vineyard was done with the tree. And even the caretaker said... If it doesn't do it after this year, after we worked on it, then go ahead and cut it down. Those that don't produce fruit are meant to be cut down. Don't look at the lack of fruit and blame the fruit. Blame the tree. Blame the, the caretaking of the tree. The time is now to see a harvest. What fruit Is the Lord expecting of you as we move into 2021? For our ministry time, I know it's just a little bit different with us not being here. But frankly, I think that we need just an opportunity to repent for being lazy. The Bible talks about a sluggard way more often than you think And I know, me for one, I have been lazy in a lot of things. 2021 has allowed us all to become lazy. But that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is to see fruit produced. So, Father, I just want to say that I repent for not producing, for not going after for not being focused on the things that you told me to be focused on this last year Lord you knew corona you knew you knew what the what we would have to go through and you still gave us the desire to achieve things in this year so Lord I just say I I I repent of my laziness God and I put my eyes towards the future Lord, I will see fruit produced in this year. I will see fruit produced in 2021. God, and I'm going to put in the work to see it happen. God, I'm not going to be lazy in my relationship with you. I'm not going to be a sluggard in my work. But rather, I'm going to go after the things that you have.